Welcome to episode 549 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week on the show, it is all about the British superstars. We bring you Laura Collett, fresh off of the back of an incredible win in the ERM opener at Chatsworth. And of course, the woman everybody's talking about, Piggy French, to talk about her incredible badminton win. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, coming to you this week from North Chailey in East Sussex, England. And I'm Paul Tapner, coming to you this week from Wiltshire in England. And you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Liz, you're jet-setting around the world, as always. Can't decide whether you're an American living in the UK or an American living in America. (laughs) All these horses, lots of traveling again, always. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, it was it, it actually was a little bit weird to not be competing from sort of Kentucky all the way until this last weekend. And I got so used to being so busy and I love to be busy. And But it's great to be back in England. We've been here uh, nearly a month now, about three weeks. And um, we've got some nice new young horses in the yard, which is really exciting. And all of our horses traveled back great. They all had a little holiday because, of course, it becomes a very long season if they all compete in the early part of the year in America and they don't get a break. So we always give them a mid season break and um, yeah, they're all up and running. We're off to little Downham tomorrow and then off to Germany next week. And we will see you there for the event rider masters. So it's all getting busy again, which is great. That's how I like it. Leg two of the event rider masters goes to Germany, Wiesbaden, and it is an all-star class. We've got Michael Young. We've got Ingrid Klimka. We've got Julia Krzyzewski. We've got Oliver Townend, Sarah Cohen trying to regain her Wiesbaden title. And of course, Liz Halliday Sharp. So Liz, a podium position. Well, I hope so. I mean, I have to say, you know, good old Blackie, uh, Fernhill by night. It has been literally on the form of his life this year. He's 16, and everyone keeps saying he's like a fine wine because he's just hit his stride at 16. You know, he won the Carolina International and uh, was placed very highly at the fork at Tryon, and um, also won the um, Aiken Showcase. So he's had he has had a great start to his year. Um, he doesn't run very much now, and we save him for these sort of events. So. Um, yeah, he's been out doing a bit of show jumping since we've been back and he's feeling sassy and hopefully ready to run really fast and put on his dancing shoes when we get to Beastbodden. Indeed, you need your dancing shoes for that first phase uh, in front of the palace there. Have a, have a nice little waltz in front of the palace, do some some pointy toes in the dressage, get Absolutely. those good marks up. And then the most amazing, enormous uh, grass arena for the show jumping um, with grandstands all around. I mean, it's hard to jump a clear round in a massive uh, and atmospheric arena like Wiesbaden. It is. It's it's an incredible venue, isn't it? It's sort of in this park, and they lay down these this dressage arena right in front of the palace, like you said, and and then this fantastic um, big grass jumping arena where the time is really really tight. They do build the course so that it tempts you into sort of going off into the distance in this gigantic arena, um, and then we gallop through this parkland, and it is crazy the atmosphere isn't it tappers it's jammed in the tightest strong course i think i've ever ridden and you're absolutely flat out with thousands and thousands of people right up against the string and i think it's absolutely brilliant i loved it last year i'm also bringing um a fantastic young horse my eight-year-old coolie quicksilver who's been to Lillian twice and he loves the people he loves the atmosphere he loves the crowds 
Um, so I'm hoping he is going to put on a stellar performance in the four star and earn himself a place at the Pan American Games. And um, that is our, our goal for him. So I've got two special horses going and I, I just can't wait to get out there. Well, Liz, I'm just looking up the Event Rider Masters results from last year. And like you say, it is the most amazing cross-country course, zigzagging up and down on a tiny strip of land. It's probably no bigger than two fairways of golf course um, in in the public parkland. And you're up and down on yourself. Now, last year, Liz, 7.2 time penalties in the cross-country. I'd have to say the winner, Ingrid Klimka, only had 1.6 time penalties. So no pressure or anything, but you're going to have to have your accelerator on there. Oh, I know. Poor old Blackie is not um, not necessarily built for speed, but he has he has sped up this year. He made the time at Carolina in the four-star, and he won it on his dressage score. And, um, you know, I think a, a flatter course like this suits him. He's just, he does need a little bit of looking after. So I'm going to do my best to uh, do some late breaking maneuvers a little bit later than I, than I did last year. That is my plan, which should uh, squeak us up a little closer. <laughs> breaking maneuvers. Now Indeed. there's, you know, I, I love that because I, we do always get a little bit of crossover with yourself on the old <laughs> racing terminology, the, the car racing, which of course you are equally, if not as proficient or better, I'm not real sure which one you're better at, but I think you're just, you know, sickeningly good at both event riding and car racing. Uh, so, yeah, we get a bit of a crossover there. And um, does that sort of thing help you, you know, that all those theories from the car racing? You know, I've, I've tried to bring it more in because I haven't I haven't actually raced for a good few years now. And um, I'm trying to focus on four legs. And uh, I'm very sure that I would not be a brilliant racing driver right now because I haven't been in a very fast car for a long time. But you have to get my brain back up to speed, I think. But um, but certainly I'm, I'm trying to bring that more to my eventing than I used to. I think it's stupid to to know how to, to drive a fast line and to not bring that with you when you're eventing. So I try really hard now when I walk the big courses, when I walk all my courses, to think what is the racing line like through here? How can I save time? And it's something I'm working hard on, and I think it I think it's improving. So I'm trying to get faster, basically, tappers, because I have too many time faults. That's really that's, what I'm getting at. You know, that's <laughs> fine. So when I see you at V-Spartan walking the course, I will be yelling at you, racing line, Liz, exactly. racing line. Yeah, late get breaking. You, get you fired up to uh, knock <laughs> off those dude. Germans off their home uh, podium. You know, we can't we can't be having too many home victories in uh, in these legs. Oh we, like we like They're to mix They're very good Germans. They are very, very good Germans. And they seem <laughs> very good on home soil as well. So it will be an Exciting competition, but it's not all about Event Rider Masters. I'm sure you've got other exciting things planned this uh, this coming season. Now that you're back in the UK, Liz, is there anything else exciting you're about to do? Well, we're yeah, we're busy. You know, we've got some lovely young horses too, so we're sort of running at all the different levels. We're running all the time. You know, we go from Wiesbaden to Nunny, which I've never been to. I've heard it's a great event in Somerset. Um, and then we've got horses at Barbary, at Breitling Park. Uh, we're going to Jardy for the next event, Rider Masters, which will be loads of fun. Um, and hopefully, I'm very much keeping everything crossed that I might find my way onto a team for the Pan Am Games in Lima in Peru. So um, just just really trying to do my very best and what will be will be. And that's I think, very um, exotic, yeah. Lima in Peru. Now, it, that's this year. And what time of year is that? It is the first week of August is when it runs. Oh, and I'm planning to go to, to I'm hopefully going to talk in. I hope, I hope, I'm hoping, hoping to go there too. So yeah, some really big, exciting things I'd love to be doing. And it's just in the selector's hands and, you know, all, look, all we can do is, all I can do is my very best. So I'm just going to try and do right by the horses and 
do a good job and what will be will be i think it's no point getting wound up about it but yeah hopefully well, some exotic travel plans <laughs> exotic travel plans are, are the plan so uh it, it sounds great fun and um it sounds like you've got the plan all ready to go and you are on great form so uh two other ladies that are on great form are our guests so Very i think we form. should uh i think we should hear from them as well after this The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it's English Eventing Superstar, Laura Collette. Laura, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you for having me. Now, Laura, it's one of my favorite games to play with all of our guests is where in the world are we getting you on this interview from? Because by the marvels of modern technology, we record in the US of A. We also speak in the uh, uh, United Kingdom. But I think you're somewhere even more exotic. Well, I'm not sure we we'll call it exotic, but I'm in <laughs> Ireland at Tattersall's. So <laughs> yeah, somewhere a bit different. So as all event riders always are, you are flat out and very busy at the next event uh, and always off eventing. And like you say, over in Ireland at the Tattersall's event. Now, tell us, what are you doing at Tattersall's? Have you got a truckload there? Um, I actually haven't. I've just got one horse, um, the Capo in the CCI four-star long. Um, I was meant to have Calmaro in the CCI three-star long, but he got a stone bruise last week, so he, he didn't fancy the trip to Ireland. So I'm, kind of on holiday with one horse it's quite nice well, i was about to say that that very much is a holiday just the one horse yeah. uh, for the whole week yeah yeah and i've done dressage so i've got a day off tomorrow so so uh a, a day off tomorrow so uh, a little bit of guinness drinking tonight just to be stereotypical well it'd be rude not to wouldn't it <laughs> there we go. Now, I did actually check out the scoreboard, and I think uh, De Capo, is that the horse you've got there? Yeah. He's doing quite well after dressage as well. Yeah, he did a really nice test, and he's lying in second. So, yeah, all to play for at the weekend, hopefully. And uh, presumably some more tests to come tomorrow. Two days of dressage is there? Uh, no, there's not. They're running the short format tomorrow. So, um, all the long format dressages. Done. So, so, yeah, there's not very many. Not so very you many are in second place going into the cross country on Saturday. That's right, yeah. So DeCapo is a really uh, exciting young horse. You've got so many super horses right now. I mean, I, I have to say I have a horse crush on most of them. Um, and he, <laughs> he is a lovely horse by Diorado. I've been watching you ride him for a while. Um, tell us a little bit about him. Is this his first long format four star or has he done one before? Um, no, it's his first one. Um, he stepped up to the old CIT three-star level last year, um, but he, I just didn't feel that he was quite ready to do a long format at the end of the of the year. So he finished at Blenheim in the eight and nine-year-old class where he was third. Um, and then I just wanted to give him a little bit longer um, to mature. And luckily he, he feels this season like he's really stepped up and 
come on from from last year. So um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens this weekend. But he's he's been a super super consistent. Um, he's he's so easy on the flat. He's very flashy. So um, the easy bits out of the way, and and he's Touchwood being a very good cross country horse. Um, so looking forward to Saturday. And Laura, I mean, it must be a, a great feeling now. You've produced a lot, nearly all of your horses, I think, um, from a young age. And it's it's something I, I do a lot myself, too. And you sort of start out thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to take a while. And suddenly they all sort of hit seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. And you've got a whole bunch of great horses in a string that that know you so well and you know them inside and out. Um, you know, with London 52, of course, the winner at the ERM recently, and um, your wonderful horse, Mr. Bass. I mean, is that something that you always aim for with your horses that you try and sort of source them very young? And do you, do you have a specific place you like to go? Um, yeah, I really, really, really enjoy um, producing them from, from the beginning. Um, it's sort of what I've always done because I've never had the, the money to go out and buy a sort of ready-made horse. So um, I get an awful lot of satisfaction having produce them and like you said yeah it takes it takes a long time you have to be patient but when they get there you know it's all your hard work and um I think you just build a real partnership with them um I know them inside out and they know me inside out so um I just think it's that extra bit special um to, to have come come along with them the whole way so um yeah at the moment um you know the the, the capo London and, and Mr Bass have had right from their the beginning of their eventing careers so um it's sort of I think it just makes it a little bit extra special. For sure. It certainly does make it extra special. And like you said yourself just then, Laura, you know each other inside and out. The horses know you, you know them. And I'd have to say the results on those uh, three superstars you just mentioned are, are proving that. As Liz mentioned, a win in the opening leg of the 2019 Event Rider Master Series. I mean, no better way to start it. No, um like London 52 he stepped up to CIC three-star level last year and um, sort of got thrown in at the deep end because he, he went to Arville um, just sort of as a, as a fact-finding mission and he ended up finishing second in the ERM leg um, and I remember sat on the sat on the podium and it came up on the big screen the sort of series standings and I was on top and I thought well I'm going to have to kind of actually pay a bit more attention and try and take this a bit seriously. So um, he then went to Jardy and Blair um, and was fantastic. And I think, to be honest, it was probably the making of him having to to be a big, brave boy and go to those kind of competitions. Um, they're just, a, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit extra. They're amazing venues and the cross-country tracks have, have all been really challenging. So um, it was a great learning curve for him and um, he seems to have come out even better this year. So... Um, yeah, roll, roll on the rest of the season. And uh, a fine way to start it, like you said, at uh, Chatsworth, led from start to finish, didn't manage to finish on the dresser score, but nobody was uh, going to do that at Chatsworth this year. And, and Chatsworth time across country is always exceptionally difficult, uh, although we have seen it uh, smashed a few times in the in the Masters series. So, you know, all three phases, absolutely spot on, and uh, just keep getting better. So, you know, was that a, a great feeling to be leading the dressage and, and jumping clear at, at Chatsworth? Yeah, um, to be honest, Chatsworth really hasn't been my lucky event in the past. Um, I led the ERM there after the dressage on Mr. Bass last year and somehow managed to have a rail down on a horse that doesn't do knocking fences down. So um, it's sort of been a bit of a, a haunted place for me, so it's quite nice to 
um, get that out of the way and actually have have a good result. But um, yeah, London was faultless. He's um, he's a phenomenal jumper, and as I said, he's he's come out this year um, a lot more confident cross country. He he needed his, his hand holding l- last year. Um, even you know he he had good results, but I felt like I really had to to be there to look after him and and show him the way because he was very green. Um, and he's a very insecure kind of horse, but um, he seems to have, have come on come on from last year and seems to be sort of taking control and thinking he knows he knows best. So um, it's yeah, it's really nice, and, that, and that's what you get when you've had them from the beginning. You you know them, and you can really feel the the improvements. And you know, as a rider, it's just really satisfying. No, absolutely, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And um, you know, Laura, talk us through sort of. Um, what, what, I mean, I suppose for, for all of our listeners, what it, what it means being in this sport at this level, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of the, the incredible year that you've had. If we look at a whole annual year, you know, you had a second place finish at Le Moulin last year with Mr. Bass. Um, I suppose everyone, possibly yourself thought perhaps you'd go to WEG, then that must've been, you know, you've gone from the biggest high to then maybe a low and then, you know, to have him at badminton and, and, you know, very, Sadly, he's, he's uh, picked up a little injury, I understand. But then the next week, you've got to just pull yourself together. You go to Chatsworth, you have an incredible win on London 52. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, this is what we all experience at, at a high level. But just explain to us how you keep yourself pushing, where you can just come out, you know, there's the ups and downs, but you find a way to just keep being professional and at the top of your game all the time. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely a roller coaster. Um an emotional roller coaster at that and I'd say the the team I have behind me, friends and family and, and the girls at home, they you know, they keep me going and, and the biggest thing for me is having horses like London fifty two and Decapo and, and my young horses that they're what keep me going. Um it'd be a, a very different story. Um I'm not sure quite if I didn't have a horse like London um the week after Badminton like that was probably, you know, one of the lowest of lows and um also WEG for me. Um I I felt I'd done enough and I felt the horse had, you know, ticked every single box that he'd been asked to tick. Um and then to get the phone call that he was second reserve was kind of heartbreaking because you set your whole year around trying to achieve that one goal of, of getting selected for the World Equestrian Games and then you have that pulled away from you. Um and you know, I was I was very very fortunate that the same week that Weg was, I then had two amazing horses in in London 52 and Decapo to go to Blenheim, the 89 year championships, and and they finished first and third. So, you know, I've I've got uh, you know straight away already got something else to focus on, and I think that's the key is is having something else to take your mind off off the disappointments because otherwise I think you dwell on it and. And that's the same with, with having Chatsworth a week after badminton, as, as hard as it was to pick myself back up after the heartbreak of, of Mr. Bass having an injury. Um, I, I thought, well, come on, you've got a horse like London 52 to go to an event like Chatsworth to be an event rider masters. And, you know, I, I know how lucky I am to have that opportunity and it would be stupid to throw it away. So, you know, it's, you know, you, you pick yourself up and as much as we all know that there are, ups and downs in eventing sometimes you don't realize quite how far up you can go and quite how far down you can go but you you've got to keep going because you know then something like that happens at Chatsworth and you're, you're back on the up so it's um 
you know, it's one hell of a roller coaster anyway. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think partly it's great when you can produce so many good horses and, and to have them sort of peaking at different levels at the same time must really keep that that feeling that you always know you have a good horse to go back and ride and that, that needs to keep going. Um, and, you know, following on from that, Laura, um, I'm going to gonna ask my, my question that, that Tappers loves it when I ask this, because you are such a top competitor and, you know, we know that you produce so many horses yourself. Can you give us your top training tip, your number one training tip that you take with you? And this could be anything from how you start your horses or just something you keep in the back of your mind all the time just whatever you think is your number one top training tip yeah but you got to say that that 10 times really really fast top training really tip. fast go on <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i think it's for, for me personally it's about having a a clear a clear goal um and and a plan and of how you're going to get to that goal and i think the Probably the biggest thing that I've learned over the the last twelve months would be to only focus on the things that are controllable to you. So that's where last year I made the error of making wegs of my sole kind of focus, and that was out of my control because I'm not a selector. So I think now it's very much that I try and um, you know make a plan that I can control, and whatever else happens from that is a bonus um but all the way through with the young horses you know i think it is really important to treat every horse as an individual um and not just think that what works for one horse and what route one horse went down to get to the top isn't going to work for every horse so very much treat treat the horse you know as an individual and and do what they need to do rather than what you know you think worked last time will work again that's fantastic. I think we got two squeezed in there. There was two top training tips. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're, we've been extra spoilt there from you, Laura. And and now for, we, we've talked very much about your top horses and we mentioned that you have them for, from a young age as well. And I've noticed that, you know, you're pretty successful in these youngsters as well. Three wins at Pontespool, you know, the dizzying heights of Pontespool. That was that was a good weekend or a good yeah, day a good at the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like- I like having the, you know, taking the babies out and, and them improving each time. And I, like at the moment, I've got some really nice young horses. Um, I did have a, a bit of a gap in between. I've got sort of, you know, the, the top boys who being superstars and then a bit of a gap in the middle, but then the youngsters are, you know, are coming through. So that's just, you know, it's just the way the game is. Sometimes you've got to try and keep a constant flow coming through. Um, but, for, you know, some don't make it. They're not you know, they sort of get to seven or eight and they're maybe not as good as you thought they were when they were four and five. So it's just about, you know, trying to keep them keep them coming and and then dealing with injuries and things like that that make it all the more difficult to get to indeed. the top. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. So it's all about that balancing act, getting the right number of horses, getting the right flow of horses, the youngsters always coming through. And, and, and exactly what you say is it is a perpetual uh, professional event rider's uh, uh, aim. And uh, so just just quickly tell our listeners, I mean, how many horses do you have in your stables at the moment? What, what sort of quantity are you riding? Um, we've got 15, um, 15 event horses in. Um, and we, we always have a couple into schooling and, and things like that. I think we've got um, 18 or 19 in, in stables, um, but 15 competition horses for me. 
Wow, well, that is definitely busy enough and, and, and actually a really good number. I think that's a number that you can still primarily ride them yourself and really put the work in the right way. Um, well, Laura, it's um, it's been really great talking to you. And I know you must have plenty to do up there at Tattersalls. But, well, then in saying that again, you have one horse, so you, you are really? on holiday. Yeah. So you, you have got Guinness to yeah. go and drink, of course. <laughs> but um, just, just before we say goodbye, can you let our listeners know how they can follow you on social media? Because I know you are very, very good on Twitter and anywhere else that you are and what your handles are so that everybody can stalk you appropriately. Um, I think my Twitter account is at Call It Eventing. Um, that's the same for my Instagram. Well, my Instagram might be Laura Call It. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not very good <laughs> with the technology. Um, but yeah, we try, try and do lots of photos and updates and keep everyone um, who's interested, give them some things to watch and feel like they're part of the team. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Laura. And I'm sure that you will have lots of new followers. We wish you the best of luck at Tattersalls and beyond. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is a woman that needs no introduction at the moment. It is the current eventing superstar that everybody is talking about, Piggy French. Welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Evening. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, Piggy, it's been, wow, what an incredible year you've had so far. Not not only winning badminton, which was truly the icing on top of the cake, but a, a brilliant result at the Kentucky Five Star as well. And of course, many other greats finishes this year, international wins. You must just be over the moon still. Are, are you still floating or have you just come back down to earth? <laughs> um, you come back to earth pretty quick because it's, it's always such hard work, isn't it? But, um, you know, you can never take away, um, you know, the amazing feeling that it was to come home, as Paul well knows as well. To think that you actually finally managed to win badminton is just the best feeling ever. Um, but yeah, it's crazy at the minute, and it's just, um, you know, just incredibly lucky. And to be honest, it's just, um, you know, you just I'm just riding that wave. To be honest, it's it's just going my way. There's obviously someone looking down saying it's it's your time at the minute, so I'll enjoy it because we all know with horses it quite quickly. Um, can go wrong and sometimes the harder you try the more it goes wrong so um, I'm just very lucky in having a good time uh, well I mean I think that's about as good as you could have ever said it um, but I mean of course um, you have had you you have experienced the very highest highs and, and the lowest lows in eventing of course and and it seems like it's been so many years where you've been knocking on the door of that of that big five-star win especially at badminton and um, do you feel that sort of all the 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 ups and downs you've had have they have they made you push stronger or just just find the the right niche now? I know you've had to sit down and think about how you do things with your horses, everything. Just just talk us through that. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I think I've always been as as hungry as competitive um, all the way along. Um, obviously, just after you know, as we all know, when you have a bad time, you get you get very frustrated. You you fall out of love with the the game that you you were brought up loving and really wanting to do well in, um, and circumstances. You know, it's it's a business, it's a lifestyle, it's a job, it's you know everything. And you know, there was quite a period of, of my life that I was I didn't have any top horses, or I didn't have I just had young ones coming through, or anything that looked that it was any good, I had to sell it 
because you know it's your business or where you were at at that time and and I think to be honest I've always had the same drive but I've probably the people around me have changed um and been very positive good people around myself and I've just been lucky enough after um you know when my dad and Michael Underwood um stopped supporting me they were my main supporters after London um it's then building a team of people that you know support you well and stay with you some loyal owners because there's always you know dark areas you know horses always go wrong or whatever and it's having those people that ride those bad times with you and become your friend and enjoy the journey with you and and I think that's been the the biggest thing I've got a great team but some owners have really um stuck with me Jane McGiven came up to me at the end of 2012 which to be honest sponsors and most people were all walking away and I thought this woman's got to be a lunatic so (laughs) might as well you know we welcomed her and um you know she's she's been so great for me and just you know a wonderful person and and you know it's actually Paul who decided to cut down or go into (laughs) semi-retirement no 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 I'm I'm well and truly retired now Piggy this is this is my first year where I am not even a British eventing member and I will not do a single British eventing event this year so I am well and truly retired and um uh yeah i i certainly i mean very nice of you to mention me there uh piggy but i certainly haven't been standing by you since 2012 I, I, that, that's that's not the case but you do in fact have two horses that i did ride previous to my retirement uh and yes. i've just noticed that the younger of the two has also just won an international he's he's won rockingham recently and that's that's Okay, he wasn't in the international class, but he was at the international, <laughs> at the Rockingham yeah. International. You had a win on him as well, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, and you know, the the other the other horse that that I gave you, well, I didn't I didn't, I didn't personally give it to you, but uh, I <laughs> gave the ride on. Um, was that that little mare that you happened to do quite well at badminton on? So that, that I'm pretty impressed there, Picky. You've done really well. <laughs> I know, well, thank, well, thank you. You know, do, do you know what to be to get a a four-star horse, five-star, whatever we call it now, um, come back your way or you be asked to ride when, you know, so much hard work, so many years, you know, so much goes into even trying to get them up to the level, let alone have them, you know, good at that level and confident. And and I was very aware because I started near Camira as a very young horse, um, I think in 2012, to be honest. I was about and, to say that. Yeah, it was probably about that time where where things were going both right and wrong for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I did a first few hundreds on her. I mean, she was always brave and she was always fast, but, you know, changing yards and having to downsize by a lot of various situations. I mean, she spent time with you and Izzy and, and um, I remember the conversation with you, Paul, where I was like, um, you know, you were giving up and having her back, and I was like, "Does she really jump round?" Four star five. You're like well, the, yes, the four-year-old. Yes, exactly. The four-year-old you remembered. You didn't quite believe me that it was going to go round badminton and burley, and I said, "No, no. piggy, this this horse is a proper badminton burley horse. You need to ride this horse." And I'm I'm exceptionally yeah. happy that you took my advice because uh, not many other event riders ever take my advice. Let's be honest. And uh, and you and you took the horse back because, like you say, you, it's, she's got an amazing um, story, Veneer Kamira. She so she started 
started with yourself. She then went to yeah. a couple of other, um, you know, all very, very good riders in, in terms yeah. of Izzy Taylor and um, yeah. briefly King as well before she ended up with me. And, and yeah. um, I, I was lucky enough to, to gel with her and, and take her up yeah. to, to uh, I did a, a badminton and a burly on her. And, ha and I have to say, I've, one of my favorite photos of, of, the, of badminton of myself is of that horse over the Vicarage V um, fence uh, when it was in its old classic style. Um, so, you know, a, a proper cross-country horse that um, thankfully I didn't have to convince you too much to take back. You, <laughs> you, you did believe me. And the results of uh, you, you've gelled with her again like you clearly you did at the start so she's she's had a, an interesting career veneer camera but I, I suspect that um with you she might be um you know finishing her career i don't think she's going to go to a different rider now that you've had this amazing <laughs> success One would hope not. <laughs> exactly uh, no she's a funny little thing though isn't she i mean she's i mean you can't knock it from her. i mean she's she's all heart isn't she but um, just trying to get her to peak at the right time and feel, I mean, she's always been so brave, hasn't she? And loves to run fast, but you know, the other, the other phases I've sort of felt that we work fairly hard, but she's just a trier, isn't she? She's, she, when you get it all right, she wants to do, wants to do the job, which is in most of our, our battle really, isn't it? Indeed, yes. It's all about um, they have to want to do it for you, and and I think I've heard you in in one of the many thousands of interviews you've you've had to give Piggy after uh, after your badminton success, uh, where you said that you know Veneer Kamira is everything that is good about a mare and everything that is bad about a mare <laughs> stereotypically rolled into one. She she is you know of any stereotype of a mare that is good and of any stereotype of a mare that is bad she's got them all absolutely and i think i said um in one of the interviews she's a pain 362 days a year and just great for a day at badminton or burley and i then received a text message from it must have been her breeder to say her mother was a pain 365 days a year and the <laughs> grandmother was even worse <laughs> but you know she's she's a star in my eyes anyway i shows me absolutely nothing obviously and it must be a, a great feeling because obviously I have not had had the pleasure of riding her which um I think I, I I think I'd like to but then you've sort of half sold it to me and half not but <laughs> but um you know she's she's not an, an easy ride is she she sort of likes to to go in her own way and I think all all good mares are like that you know I, I love a good a good mare because if they really fight for you they'll they'll fight for you forever won't they but um, yeah. just just explain that to us a bit because I know she's very brave, but she does have a very specific way of going, doesn't she? And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've had to sort of figure her out a bit and adapt your riding a little to that too. And I'm sure both of you had to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she runs she runs quite downhill, and um, she feels very downhill to sit on. Um, she's very scopy when she has to be, but when she doesn't have to be, she feels not. So scopey, like I think I've said plenty of times, you go around an OI and it feels pretty normal, to be honest. <laughs> and but you come to be to be polite. Um, but you go you come out of the start box to Burley or Badminton and the fences are, you know, three times the size and suddenly you get some feel. And I think it was the first year I took her to Bramham, having not done that much, and she runs very downhill and you know, I wasn't convinced 
totally about her. She's quite hot. She's not, she's not strong, but she really fights. And her, her balance is just, um, you know, not the easiest to, to stay with or just keep her balance, even though she wants to go and do the job. And, um, you know, I ran downhill fast, very upright rails with something under it. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. This is going to be horrid. And she did a brilliant job of it. And, you know, it's just little things like that. that suddenly you think, actually, um, you, you grow in trust with a horse and then you have a bit of belief in them. So you then can ride them, ride them differently. It's when they sort of make the mistakes for you when you think, oh, God, this isn't going to be very good. And they they then stop you believing as a rider, stops you progressing into, you know, improving them or riding them as well as we can. So um, I think there were just little moments along the way that I then thought, you know what, the harder things are or the bigger mm. things are, she she comes into her own and does some extraordinary things you never thought that she was capable of, but does them very well with her ears pricked and smiling. <laughs> come on, you know, next one, off we go. It's like, bloody hell <laughs> where did that come from and, and off you go and so you sort of grow with those experiences as we all know she's a proper fighter it sounds like um and then yeah. of course let's uh, we're talking so much about badminton because it was the most extraordinary result but you also the week yeah. before let's not forget you came flying into badminton from kentucky having just had an equally spectacular result and i think a lot of people had you pipped for the win at kentucky as well and um, you were there with Corey Crosteco, who I'm sure is quite a different horse, a different sort of a ride. Um, it was his first Kentucky, his second five-star, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure you were absolutely knackered, first and foremost, after he'd done the two events. But, um, you know, I, I watched your cross-country round and I thought at Kentucky, and I thought you really rode a, an incredible round on, on a horse that maybe went a little bit green on you in places, but... Um, I thought it was spectacular, and then and then to finish the way you did at the end was was just immaculate. So uh, just just tell us a little bit about him in comparison to Venera Camara, because I'm sure they're very different horses. Yeah, they're very they're very different, and um, Red's a really cool horse. Um, he's he is, you know, probably one of my favourites of sitting on a horse and riding him. He's so balanced, he jumps beautifully. He's just um, he's a really cool horse to ride he's a bit like an overgrown pony and the more you dare him and light him up the 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 better he is and he's you know we've had a bit of a journey together and he's you know I'm, I'm very proud of him and um he's just a lovely lovely horse and I'm lucky to have him but he he was he was great in Kentucky he definitely went a little bit a little bit green with the waters I mean it's it's quite an ordeal to to go over there to do you know they do the traveling and they do absolutely the quarantine the weather's nuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's completely it's like, bonkers <laughs> it's, it's so nuts it's like boiling hot it's very cold it's monsoon rain it's just like oh my word and um you know he's sort of he's come a long way in the last year or so and you know he had a bad slip on the flats you know just little things that just for the week just just sort of took away as great as you know what he sometimes can be but I was just so proud of him that he 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 dug deep and we did did keep going there was a couple of moments on the cross-country course that if you know if you're at home you'd probably think oh this isn't going so well let's do, let's do another day I was like we have flown <laughs> all the way to America mate um we're not sitting here till tomorrow night doing bugger all till our flights I mean, we've got to we're going to try and get to the end 
And to be fair, he finished, you know, his heart rate was nothing and he finished, he finished absolutely great. So um, it was very sound and thankfully come home um, very well from it. It is such a journey and, you know, for them to be so fit and then stand in and, you know, fly and travel for as long as they, they do, it's definitely um, a concern that you just hope they return as well as they possibly can, which he did. He's bouncing ready to go again. So, um, <laughs> d- delighted. So if he's bouncing, it, if he's bouncing and ready to go again, where are you bouncing these two superstar horses that we've just been speaking <laughs> about? Where are they bouncing off to next? No more long, long aeroplane trips. Certainly not for Vanir Kamira. No. But uh, no. <laughs> where, where are they going? <laughs> what are they doing? Um, I would love to take Red to Arkan if I get the chance to, um, you know, it's so hard in, in our country to be one of four or something to get the chance to go to cool places or be on the teams. But um, Arkin's such an amazing event and I'd love Jane, the owner, to go back there. And, and so that would be that would be his next big aim. Um yeah, I think it sort of depends on, on summer ground and everything. I love the ERM classes, which Corey Cresteco is, is made for, to be honest. I mean, they, they can be, he's super at it. So it'd be nice to sort of contend the series a bit more with, with him. But um, at the same time, I love doing the, I love doing teams. And, you know, if I could get a choice of riding any horse in the country, then he'd be, he'd be one that I'd like to take there. But, you know, you leave it all to selectors and um, until you would love to go to Burley if, if all's good and and go back there, but you'd leave it. I, I don't think you should there. leave it up to the selectors. I think you should uh, <laughs> just go uh, go for that Event Rider Masters title. Hey, you've proven you can win an Event Rider Masters leg. You've only got to win two or three more, and then you'll have the title for the series, and that would be fantastic. We've got Laura Collette in the in the the lead at the moment. She was the runner yeah. up last year. Hey, so she, she wants to go one better. Now I. I do believe I saw you right at the very end of the cross country cheering Laura onto the finish line, cheering her to win. You wanted to hand your Chatsworth leg one title over to Laura, which you did. Now, I, you know, you might be friends and all, but I don't think you're going to hand the, tit- the series title to her. I think you should be entering a few more Event Rider Masters and uh, giving her a bit of bit of a run for her money. Hey, what do you, I, I, you know? Don't, don't worry about those. Just ignore them. <laughs> I was yelling at her, though. I was yelling at her coming to the last. You saw that, did you? I was like, oh, oh yes. I can't let faster, faster. I was like, don't <laughs> the last or doing the Just get over and get home. Oh, no, good girl. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just, I mean, I've got a couple coming up of horses that would be nice to have, you know, two or three that you can sort of aim for it. Um, to do because it's an unbelievable class to have. I know you're you a lot to do with it and put, help put it on the road and on all this. But honestly, Paul, it's an unbelievable class to have and so great for us riders. And um, definitely something that yeah, to try and get to the top of the podium would be um, would be unbelievable. But he's he's all I've got. You know, those two are sort of so it's just sort of planning the right thing the right thing for it but it's it's definitely on the radar to try and get to some 
Well, Peggy, I am now going to ask you um, what I ask all our top riders. Um, my favorite question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you for your number one top training tip. And it can be anything oh, yeah. from, I know, start thinking. It can be anything from um, how you always bring on your young horses or just something you keep in the back of your mind in all your training. Just your number one top training tip. I think take your systems to the event with mm-hmm. you. I I very much so have systems at home of how you work and run run through and I think it's just important to keep the same feel, body and mind, mentally feeling at your competition to keep it clear with your training as you know, you, you obviously run faster at the event or something like that, but um you know, if I build a show jumping course at home, I would jump it. Um, hopefully pretty similar to what I would in the ring and just keep horses trusting and believing in in everything you do. So I think the system, keep a keep a system for the event as you do it at home and so your mind doesn't wander and you stay focused in your in your bubble of how you work and how things happen with your horse to take forward to the competition. If that's an Matt, answer, I don't know. That, that is an excellent <laughs> top training tip. It's one of that's my favorite awesome. ones. Yeah, one of my favorite ones. And, I, yeah, and I'm too. always, I'm I'm always hassling Liz about these because <laughs> whenever anybody asks me for my top tra- training tip, which you have to say 10 times really fast, um, it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it always makes me cringe. I go, oh, really? Do I have to answer this? What, are, what, are my, yeah, what, what, in, what weird top training? training tip am I going to invent people this love time? them and I love them you, I take I know them all you with me I remember all yeah. of these I like soak it up when I listen that, to it I love that it. one that one was was worth listening to that one was great I'm, I'm very much a systemic person and a systems person and and have my system yeah. at home take your system to the show love that one very simple well piggy thank you for being on the eventing radio show and i'm sure we've taken up enough time of your evening but all of our listeners will want to follow your awesome progress as it continues to be awesome all of this year um so you know i'm sure you are just the you know an an absolute not a social media queen um so uh (laughs) so um you know can you tell our listeners how they can follow your progress is there a website is there a twitter handle is there an instagram profile a Facebook page or maybe even a, a WeChat or something of the kind. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a Facebook page or something, I think. Or something, I think. Website. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely hopeless, um, to be honest. And Tom's great. He sorts it all out. I'd, I'd be a lunatic, I think, on one of those things. So, so, so um, actually, we need to <laughs> ask this question of, of Tom. Is he, is he <laughs> can he tell you what what these what he does for you and these things or is that not we just we'll just figure it out we can ourselves leave it as a mystery okay. everybody can just start searching piggy french online and find it <laughs> <laughs> i could yell at him and ask but i'll probably wake up the child he, he ignores me half the time because all he gets Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> so he, he would have shut, shut all the doors and won't <laughs> won't be listening but um no he's great he's he's unbelievable he's been such a help to me in lots of ways but he deals with all that sort of thing because I'm hopeless so well, there <laughs> we 
We know it's not actually Piggy French. It's Tom that's doing it all, but that's fine. We we will just pretend it's yourself and uh, follow w- with um, great uh, enthusiasm your progress. Piggy, thanks for being on the Inventing Radio Show. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Go online to find the links to today's guest and topics at eventingradio.com and follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show. And we are on Twitter at Eventing Radio. And of course, you can listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. I'm Liz Halliday Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday Sharp, and of course, on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been tappers in your ears, and I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the website. Just search for Tapner Eventing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.